0: This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create positive change in the world every day by being a conscious consumer. I'm your host, Laura Alexander-Wittig, founder of Brightly.Eco, and I started this podcast a few years ago because I wanted a place to talk about the gray areas around sustainability and how being a conscious consumer can be challenging and confusing but it's totally doable. So join me in the name of reducing waste and living positively in the name of the planet. All right, good together listeners. Today, we are going to be talking about a topic that I had no idea existed um, until a few weeks ago when we discovered today's guest. <laughs> um, but this is just something that has been so exciting that especially to see happening amongst social media. And so what I'm talking about is the concept of a creative reuse center. Um, so you've, if you've really ever wished that there was like a thrift store for crafts filled with paint, fabrics, scrapbooking supplies, what have you, um, you're in luck because this this thing called a creative reuse center, which may or may not be new to you, but it certainly was new to me. Um, These these uh, centers are on the rise and they're really giving these odds and ends a new destiny and one that doesn't involve the trash. So this week I'm joined by Tobin Nichols. Um, he's the director of education and development at Remainders Creative Reuse in Pasadena, California. Um, and we're going to discuss how creative reuse centers are benefiting the planet and why you want to find the one nearest to you as soon as possible. So welcome, Tobin. I wonder if you could just give uh, the audience a little bit of a background um, as to yourself and just a brief intro.
1: Um, Thank you, Laura. I appreciate it. I am happy to be here today. Uh, Yes, I have been with Remainders since 2018, which is just a couple of years before the whole thing was begun in a garage in Pasadena. Um, It was essentially essentially a glorified garage sale um, that sort of skirted the rules every week trying to, you know, start into the sustainability business. And um, then it blossomed into a full blown nonprofit. And so here we are a few years later, um, we have a 3000 square foot art and craft thrift store. We have a 3000 square foot uh, workshop and class space, a creative space. And we have a big donation center in the back that we just opened this year. So we are, yes, in the business of keeping things out of the landfill and um, trying to find a place for people to take their stuff that they don't want anymore instead of throwing it away. I personally came to Remainders as a as a customer. Um, that's how I discovered it. I walked in looking for a piece of fabric. I did not want to go to um, the quote unquote big box store to buy yep. you know something less than a yard of fabric. I thought there's got to be a place where I can just get. Some fabric without having to purchase a big amount. I wanted to do a little craft project and I Googled it and found remainders in Pasadena in in the first space that they had, which was a little tiny storefront over on Walnut. And um, I went there and that's where I met our executive director, Robin Cox. We, we became good friends. She taught me to sew.
0: Wow. Um, and <laughs> That's I, a great friendship. I love
1: yeah. it. <laughs> Actually, it was amazing. The first time I walked in, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is totally my kind of place. And yeah. she's my kind of people. And, you know, we just hit it off. And and I, my mother and grandmother were big sewers, you know, quilters, sewers, sewed our clothes, sewed all kinds of things. So I had always wanted to get into that sort of thing and didn't really... You know, I don't live near my family, so I didn't have a way to learn to sew, really, without taking a really expensive class. And so she taught me to sew. Um, And then I started teaching classes there because I was a teacher and still am a teacher. And um, then when we moved to this larger space and got a hold of this huge uh, workshop space, we needed a director of education, which I stepped up into because I was sort of the only one that had experience (laughs) in putting together classes and teaching. Um, And it's just snowballed from there. We've had an incredible run so far. Um, And so that's kind of how I came to be here. And now I'm the director of education and development um, because we've grown so quickly that we need someone to manage all of that as well. So here I am.
0: That's so exciting. And I mean, so just kind of like diving into thinking about like what a creative reuse center is. Um, I love that you talked about how you found um, your remainders, which was you were like, I myself want a small amount of fabric to use for a project. And I can't tell you how many times I found myself in that same situation for various DIYs, right? Um, And unless you're somebody who has a lot of space or is a hoarder or whatever, you know, like most people aren't going to hold on to all of those different odds and ends that are needed across their life. Um, And if I like, take it way back and remember like elementary school when i was, you know, needing to do craft projects for that. I always remember my mom being like, "Oh my gosh, you know, they'll, they'll be I'd come home with like a little list of stuff that i needed to bring to class, you know, and it was like, oh, do we have any extra um, you know, uh, canisters and things like that?" And my mom would be like, "Well, i just threw those out, you know, i i didn't know that you needed them next week." And so i just remember this kind of general um Push and pull between wanting to spark creativity, certainly with children at that time, but in general, right? Like you want to be able to be creative and there's a little bit of spontaneity there, but then that kind of requires a lot of stuff, right? So I love this concept.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it requires stuff. It requires space. It requires, you know, headspace. For me, I'm the type of person that can't have a lot of stuff around me. I need, you know, I need surfaces. I need things to be put away. I can't have a lot of stuff sitting around. It just, it just, clogs my mind up. And so, you know, I have an art studio because I'm an artist and that's one place, but that's a separate space because I don't need to have it all around me all the time. Well, that's sort of, you know, the way remainders works. It's this place where you can go get one or two little things or go get something that was previously used. So you don't have to buy it brand new. Uh, One of the things that we found is a big barrier for people is if you want to try something new, if you want to try you know, latch hook rugging, or you want to try, you know, anything that involves any sort of item you have to purchase, you have to purchase those things. And they're often expensive. And that can often put up a barrier to you being really expressive and free with it. You know, being able to be creative because you're afraid to use it. You know, you spend a lot of money on these things and you don't want to sort of screw it up. So, you know, at a place like Remainders, everything's mostly been used or is something that someone else bought. So it removes that barrier. You don't have to worry about messing it up. You don't have to worry about any expectations. You can get things that are really, really cheap and experiment and play and have a great time. And it removes all of that sort of stress and anxiety about it. And that's that something is That is so really... interesting.
0: Yeah, I yeah, love that. You're... I mean, I'm just going to jump in here just because I never really thought about the psychology behind it. And I feel like you- you just said that so well. I mean, you're right. I have a graveyard as it were of <laughs> projects that I'd like to start, but you're right. It was expensive for me to purchase them. And I can't, I love that you just said this because for the longest time I was like, why don't I start these things? And you're right. Probably it was like in the back of my mind, I was feeling a little bit hesitant because I was like, well, what if it doesn't look like, for instance, I bought this cute um, felt ornament kit maker um, for Christmas. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to make some Felt ornaments for my daughter, and we can do it together and then I was like getting anxiety because I was like, well what if this looks like crap and all that stuff so yeah I didn't end up doing it so you're right I do think there is some kind of um you're right like financial weird anxiety that goes into being create before you're creative I guess if you want to take on something new so that I just wanted to say that was just such a cool insight
1: <laughs> well it's I think it's a hundred percent true in that people all over like they want to try something but it's Art supplies are expensive. Sewing supplies are expensive. Any sort of crafting is expensive. And so if you want to try it, there's really no way to sort of be like, well, I just want to dabble. You have to buy all those things. And, you know, the great thing about remainders is that if you tried it, you didn't like it, there's somewhere you can send it. If you did like it, you want to keep doing it. There's somewhere you can go get more things at a lot cheaper price than what you bought them originally.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so it's so perfect. when when somebody enters into a, you know, a, a space like our remainders or really other creative reuse centers, I mean, what can you expect? I mean, I, I would suppose there's some things um, I, I would imagine maybe there maybe there are some free things, but overall, it's more of a thrift store type situation. Right. Where it's, um, you know, items available for purchase, but they're, you know, gently used or, um, you know, they're, they're at a very, um, you know, a, a big discount compared to if you were to go buy new. Is that right?
1: I mean, that's absolutely correct. I mean, things we have, first of all, any craft or art supply you're going to buy here other than fabric is not going to be over $3. Nothing is Mm over $3. Most things are 50 cents and a dollar. Um, A tube of paint at the store is easily $20. You know, we're charging a dollar for that. So everything we sell is usually about a third of what you would pay somewhere else um and that is because it is yes used even if things are brand new they still sat at someone's house you still don't know what their life was before this they didn't they don't come to us in a you know shiny plastic package they come yeah. you know having been in someone's hands and been in someone's studio and sat in someone's you know in someone's side room where they do all their craft projects i think something we touched on earlier that i'd really like to stress is that everybody has especially like i think our mothers and our grandmothers specifically, have sort of a crafting room or an art room or a sewing room. And once you reach a point in your life where you aren't interested in doing that anymore, or you aren't able to do it anymore, what happens to those things? Where do they go? Yeah. They've been well taken care of. They've been stored in a good place in a nice room, but just didn't get used all the way. So where do those things go? What we want is, it, is for them not to go into the landfill, not to get thrown away bring them to us, someone will use them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I oftentimes when we have these conversations on the podcast, to me, uh, a secret, I I call it a secret um, sister, which is a weird term, but I call it like an adjacent term to sustainability is organization. And if you think about it that way, there's been so many times you know in our collective history where if there had been a space for things i'm sure and and you knew about it right i'm sure people would take the extra time to go to a place like a creative reuse center and 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 donate or you know sell or what have you because there are sentimental uh values attached to a lot of these items right like just because you don't have time to use it anymore doesn't mean that it, it's it's bad and you also know that you spent money on it and so i think um the fact that we're starting to see more and more organization of some of these different spots for what would used to be in the landfill is so interesting to me because it's just like such a, it's like it's a shame that we haven't had them earlier, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yes. Agreed. Agreed. For, for, this should have been happening decades ago and I'll tell you something that, that speaks directly to what, to your point. I cannot tell you how many times a week I hear from people I just want them to go to someone who will use them. I just want yes. this to go to someone who will use it and take care of it. I mean, that's exactly why things come here. People have had this stuff in their house and they've loved it and they've wanted to use it or they have used it and they want to make sure that it's passed on to someone that will also use it. So you know, that's the best reason not to throw it away. Uh, other other than keeping it out of the landfill and trying to save up. Yeah, exactly.
0: It. But, <laughs> exactly. Know,
1: it's like, I- it's like you're giving it to a friend. You know what I mean? You know that it will be taken care of here because someone will come here and really use it and take it home and, and do something with it rather than it just being thrown away.
0: Absolutely. And so on that note, um, do you ever find when you know people are looking to get rid of a surplus or maybe they're not even able to do the crafting anymore, do you ever find that they're interested in coming to um, help teach how to use these items? Like, I, I'd be curious
1: absolutely we have yeah. i mean i that's my that's a big part of my job right there is finding yeah. teachers for our classes um we've been really lucky to be really busy with classes uh the last couple of years and and so thankful and so yes we're always looking not just for teachers to teach what we have on on our docket but like what do you do what have you taught in the past what was interesting to you oh you should teach that here um absolutely we have a lot of our teachers that were you know, someone that was just a teacher in the past, in their past life, or someone that just knows a lot about a topic. And, you know, it's like, this is a great place to do that because people want to learn here. They want to learn something and they want to learn it in a really sort of like low impact environment where there's no expectation. We don't do any expectations here. We don't do like, oh, it doesn't look how I thought. Like we don't do that. We people come here and take classes because they enjoy themselves. They want to learn something that's not hard to learn. They want to learn it in a really easy environment and they want to take something home. So that's what we give them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that, as we were doing some research on this, I mean, it's kind of the sky's the limit in terms of the different types of crafting as we figured out, right? I mean, of course you can do jewelry making, sewing needlework. Like there's all sorts of really interesting um, I feel like crafts and, um, you know, different methods to learn. And oftentimes, the uh, creative, um, I would suppose it's like creative supplies can be shared across. And I think, you know, having a space for people to come not only collect the, the items and the notions that they need, but also to connect with others um, who could potentially teach them is so is just so needed, I think, especially in today's world, where I feel like we're, We want to be connected to each other more, especially after the pandemic. But I don't think a lot of people know where to get started.
1: Yeah, well, this is where to get started. There you go.
0: There you go. You're
1: You're exactly right. People, People want to come somewhere where they can have a good time. And they can learn something and it's low stress. And yes, people, there are lots of people in our classes that say, oh, I've taken this before. I've done this before. I've done that before. And I, when I teach the classes, I'm like, come on, come on up. Let's, let's hear about it. Like, let's yeah. share the information. I, You know, I think of myself here. I, I have several years of teaching experience, teaching kids, teaching adults, you know teaching in general and I don't really think of myself as the teacher here I'm more like the facilitator like I I say okay here's what we're learning we're learning assemblage awesome tonight we're doing assemblage awesome here's what you do we're going to use hot glue here's a bunch of stuff you're going to glue it together here it is. here's an example okay let's go it's yeah. low instruction and it's high like high doing high I didn't say that right yes. like <laughs> And and like get right into it and get started. And and other people have ideas and they bounce off of each other and they have conversations. And, you know, that's really what it's about. It's a a community and it's a community that we are serving and building.
0: Absolutely. And I, you know, I, I think having something like that for people to be able to go into is just so you know, so needed. Um, and actually I myself took, um, about a year ago, I took a, um, stained glass class class, um, which talk about a financial, um, you know, it was, it was quite expensive. I was fortunate that a friend had gifted me the class, um, for Christmas and I, he, he and I did the class together. But, um, you know, I just remember it was like the opposite of what you're talking about. Like, it was like, everybody was like very nervous because we didn't know what we're doing. And there wasn't a ton of instruction. It was kind of like, okay, here's how you do it. And then ready, everybody go. And there was just like this strange vibe going on. And so I totally would have learned, uh, preferred to learn how to do stained glass uh, class with you, I'm sure. (laughs) Yes.
1: Well, it's tough. You know, the thing is, anybody could think that they can teach something, but not everybody can. Teaching is really something that takes a lot of listening, as well as a lot of talking. You, you know, you have to really see what people are trying to figure out and explain it to them in a way that they'll understand and then give them the space to experiment. That is Absolutely. a huge part of it. And instead of just sort of throwing them the wolves, especially something like stained glass. That's really difficult. That's hard.
0: <laughs> it was hard. Been really
1: telling you exactly what to do, you know, it, but it's all in the way that you make it accessible to people. You know, like before, I don't. We don't do any expectations here. We don't do this is what it should look like. This is what I thought it looked like in my head. We do not do that. We are here to have a good time. You make whatever you make. It turns out, however, it turns out, and you are accepted, and you know, given accolades for whatever you've done. There's nobody. I have one student that takes all of my classes, and she, she always says, "Oh, Tobin, you just tell everyone they they're doing a good job." And I'm like, "Well, yeah." (laughs) <laughs> that's the point. Like, I'm not that's here to be point. like, oh, that looks terrible. Why'd you do that? That's not my job. I think she would just prefer I told her she was doing a good job. But anyway. Oh,
0: that's funny. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's like, you no, know, we're not
1: here for that. We're here to tell yeah. you you're doing great.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, one thing that we we didn't really cover, we, we, we talked a little bit about it, but something that I think would be interesting for the audience to hear as well is really thinking about how these spaces positively benef- benefit the environment. So we talked obviously about, um, you know, Craft supplies um, being put back into circulation rather than going into landfills, but there's actually a decent amount um, if you if you drill in here. And so um, the, the Brightly team and I did some research beforehand, and you'd be really surprised to know that a lot of craft supplies can be really difficult to quote unquote sustainably dispose of. So there's you know glitter, paint.
1: Items like that, that
0: can be (laughs) soup. I know, right. Yeah. Try and dispose of glitter. Good luck with that one. But I mean, truly there are some of these items getting into our, our natural environment because they're sitting in landfills. And so it's one of those things where you just, number one, there's a lot of things that need to be reused, but number two, even some of those things need to be reused more than others, just because they're not something that can just, you know, biodegrade or something of that nature. And, um, You know, I believe you have some statistics um, about you know the the impact of donations that you've had. Is is that correct?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, I can tell you. Yeah. uh, Well, first of all, I want to say you know a perfect example of the way of the way things art supplies do not degrade. A perfect example is that if you think about acrylic paint, you know there are a lot of tubes of acrylic paint. It's great to paint things with. You can paint all kinds of things. You can paint paintings. You can paint. Sculptures, you can be anything. But what acrylic paint does when it dries is it turns into plastic.
0: Mm, So that's
1: what it happens when it dries, it turns into plastic. And is plastic great for our environment? Not at all. So, you know, that's a great example of how our supplies definitely need to be kept out of the landfill because they just turn into things that will never degrade, will never go back to the earth in any way. Um, but yes, I'll now I'll answer your other question. <laughs> sure, sure. No, um, no. It,
0: it's a really I, important thing to think about.
1: <laughs> my favorite statistic right now for remainders, and I say it to everybody that comes to visit, I give, I give tours here when people wander up here next to my office, I always go out and talk to them whenever we are talking to new partners that we're trying to partner with. I always give them these statistics. And this is my favorite one so far this year in January. We kept out of the landfill 7,490 pounds of things. Wow. That's just in January.
0: That's crazy. Just in one month.
1: (laughs) In one month, we took in almost 7,500 pounds of stuff that did not go to the landfill. And that's what I'm so proud of. We put that back out into the community. We spread it around to people that can use it. And it did not have to get thrown away. And so, you know, we're averaging that kind of number every month, which is what's crazy. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's what amazing. we're looking at, that people are <laughs> donating. It's incredible. And, you know, and I don't say that to be boastful. I say that because I'm so proud that that didn't go to the landfill.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm so glad that not only is your organization able to have that impact I love that people are hearing about you. And one of the things that I think um I hope that people take away from this podcast, in addition to just understanding, like, look, um, you know, maybe we all need to go to a therapist talking about our uh crafting, no, <laughs> um, but maybe we need to uh, you know, think more about these types of centers and in finding our local one. Um, because like I said, I I myself was not aware of this type of um place to go. And so I I'm really excited. And so in addition, I think to environmental impact that we talked about, um, and just contributing to what we certainly could call the circular economy. um, There's also, I feel like a few other really amazing side benefits in addition to, um, you know, the environment. I mean, number one, the thing that came to mind for me was, you know, affordability um, and and, and taking away that financial burden like you and I talked about earlier for people who want to just explore and have fun. I would imagine that's something you hear a lot about um, in your line of work
1: all the time. I mean, it's, it really is removing a barrier that people have. I mean, if you think about artists and crafters and people who sew, you know, artists, uh, and speaking as one, I'm an artist, I can say this, artists have always been poor. Artists rely on selling their work or getting grants or in some way, you know, creating things in order to make their living oftentimes, or they have to take on another job. And every art supply is expensive if you buy it brand new and this gives people an outlet, a way to keep making work really inexpensively. And, and also psychologically, like we spoke about, you know, psychologically, you're not worried about wasting something because, you know, you've got it to use you. It's not something you're, you're not breaking the seal on anything. So it's psychological, it's financial. It really runs on a couple of those different levels.
0: I love that. And you're right. I mean, I think there is something to, you know using one's hands and being able to you know create something from nothing being able to get offline i mean like you know we are all just so online all the time so being able to just take a second and like learn how to interact with the you know physical world is always a good thing <laughs> yeah. um yeah. and we also we also talked you know about the community building piece which i think is really interesting um so on the topic of community building i'm super interested so when when we were thinking about some questions to ask you i was like we i have to ask this one which is okay i'm brand new to this space i've never been to a creative reuse center i now you i'm sure you can really mostly speak to to your center in particular but what do i do like so how, when i walk in like what should i expect and like how should i orient myself
1: well i'll tell you the first thing when you walk into remainders your jaw will drop open <laughs> And because you can't believe the amount of stuff you're seeing in front of your eyes. Yeah. Um, But but really, I think, I think there are two types of people that come here. There are two ways of thinking about that. The people that come here, there's someone that comes here that has an idea. They have a project in mind. They are here to find the things they need. And, and so because of the way it's organized, it's organized into sections like, like visual arts, paint, brushes, you know, uh assemblage, wood, metal, things like that, fabric, you know, so it's all organized really well. But at the same time, you have the opportunity to dig through stuff. It's not all sitting on shelves, it's all sitting in bins. So you can look and look and look and dig. And, and those people that go to thrift stores, you you know who I'm what I'm talking about. They love to dig. That's a big thing is sort of like finding the treasure. And that's yes. something you do here. So yeah, the first person is definitely knows what they want, is coming to find it. And you know knows exactly where to go get it, and then there's the other person that walks in for the first time and is inspired by what they see, inspired by the things they find um Those are the two people they walk in they're open and ready to find something and make something with it and be inspired by the by the um uh materials
0: yeah, absolutely so I would
1: say those are the definitely the two people that come in here, and also you know I think those cross those cross each other too, because someone will say, okay, I know I wanna make a costume that has to have pink fur and it has to have long, you know, nails attached to it. Okay, so I'm gonna go look at remainders. Oh, look, here's some yellow fur. Maybe I use yellow fur. Oh wait, okay, maybe instead of having long nails, it has, you know, giant bear claws that I found over in the awesome assemblage section, or maybe, you know, it has wooden horns that I carve because I found wood in the wood section. So it's all adaptable. But definitely there those two people come. Like the person comes and says, I I I mean, I've been down there where people have said, Oh, we're we're staging a play and we need to make the costumes. We need 20 pounds of batting. And I was like, oh, okay, let's go find 20 pounds of batting. But you know, then they discover other things along the way. So I think it really the the two people definitely cross over.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, I think just the the bottom line for me has been, you know, not only is this a space for people to be creative, it's a space to share, it's a space to hunt. And like, you know, I know a lot of people actually, including the producer of this podcast, who will certainly be listening to this episode. Um, she loves to go and thrift on the weekends. And I'm sure she's probably reached a point in her life where she's like, man, I really don't need any more, you know, jackets or something like that. And so I would imagine people that like to thrift a lot you know, get to that point. So perhaps a, a space like this is just like a whole nother ballgame where they can, you know, create and enjoy the thrill of the hunt and um, all of that. So, you know, listeners, if you're, if you're a big thrifter, highly recommend checking this out, even if you don't consider yourself to be a crafter. I mean, there are a lot of people who I think um, identify as somebody who likes to do a lot of DIY or, or hands-on art type things. But that's the great thing about art and crafts. like, They are yours. Like you can make whatever you want, you can keep it if you want, you don't have to keep it, but like, it's just, it's, I think we need to get back to it. I think we need to get back to that form of creative expression. Um, so Tobin and in closing, you know, we, we typically like to leave our listeners with, um, you know, some actionable tips they can take, um, to, you know, further, um, the information or further, um, excuse me, uh, grow after they've heard the podcast. And so I'm wondering, you know, how can people, uh, support creative reuse centers?
1: Well, I think the the big way they can support creative use centers is to go through the stuff you have, the stuff that, you know, have a really good conversation with yourself about the things you have in your home. Am I going to use this? Is this something that would be better off in someone else's hands? Have I touched this in a year? No, mm-hmm. then you should pass it on. Give it to someone that can use it. And that doesn't always have to be to bringing it to us. Like if you have a friend that, you know... I guess as an artist, that's kind of something that we often do. Like, oh, you know, you'll hear from your artist friend, like, I have these stretcher bars to stretch canvas. Do you need them? Sure. Okay. You can have them. You know, it's that kind of thing. Spread it around and take a really hard look at what you have. You know, nobody needs more stuff. Absolutely. Nobody needs to buy more stuff. Everybody has too much stuff. Yeah. Um, but take a really good look at what you have and see what you can get rid of and you can spread around to someone that will use it. Um, that's really what we're all about. Um, Is just getting it into the hands of people who need it, and getting it there in a really cheap way. I mean, we're not—we are not trying to make a million dollars here. We're trying to help the community. That's why we have teacher discounts. away, we have student discounts. Why we have scholarships for our classes. You know, that's why our classes are really cheap. I mean, some yeah. people—some people—you know—try to tell me that we don't know what we're doing because our classes are too cheap. We know what we're doing. <laughs>
0: We're, that's we're right, we're not, You're not trying, trying to make a million dollars
1: we are trying to let people take classes and express themselves and use the materials We don't give classes if we don't have the materials. so if we are giving a painting class, we need to have that paint. We do not buy it. If we're giving a latch hooking rug class we we have to have the latch hooks and the canvas and the rug pieces all of that like those are those that's what we do, so you know definitely we know what we're doing as far as that goes, but Um, we want people to just enjoy what they do and have a good time and also take a really hard look at what you're putting out in the world. Like, yeah, instead of throwing something away, bring it to us. And if, if you buy something here and you get it home and you think, oh, I'm not going to use that, bring it back, you know, don't throw it away. And, and I don't say that, you know, out of greed, I've had people say that to me like, oh, I'll just buy this. And if I don't use it, I'll just bring it back. Great. Yeah. Redonate it. Like, please give it to somebody. Don't throw it away. That's all I ask is don't throw it away.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know what? It's been an amazing conversation. Um, Listeners, if you're anywhere close to Pasadena, California, you've got to check out Remainders. Um, Another one of our Brightly team members lives in Pasadena. I I definitely need to go visit her. I'm in Seattle, but next time I'm visiting, I will definitely stop by. Um, Well, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been really great. And of course, we'd love to see everybody. Come on, come see us. You know what? I, I didn't tell you this before. I meant to mention this. I always say this really cheesy dad joke, but it's true. Um, our motto here is it's here somewhere.
0: I love it, but it's true though. I mean, like that is yes, that is. is quite a dad joke, but it, it is yes. very true. I can imagine with the amount of stuff you have, it, that is very true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's love absolutely it. true. All right, great. Yeah, great talking with you. Thank you so much.
0: us on another episode of Good Together. To get show notes and more, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. Finally, don't forget to join in on the conversation with us on social media. You'll find us on almost everything at brightly.eco. Don't forget, we're all on this journey together, so have fun putting the planet first and stay curious.